What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, Austin, Waco, Temple, Colleen, people up in the Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down in Laredo. You're tuning here to the Tuesday edition of the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, Bartlett spitting the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis, and we are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Your number to participate is 1-800-707-9760. Again, that is 1-800-707-9760. If you know what you want to talk about, like usual, it is open phone lines. Feel free to give us a call. Anything that we're discussing on the docket today that you want to weigh in and give your opinion on, feel free to do that. And anything that we discussed yesterday, if you didn't have an opportunity to call, you want to parlay that over to today as well, you can do that too. We just ask you to be patient during the long segments and the long breaks, and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. Also, keep in mind, um, if you need to follow me via Twitter, you can do that at Sports Grind, or if you want to send me a message or tag me, that's the Twitter handle, at Sports Grind. And if you want to stream the show live and leave comments throughout the show, which I'll try to react to them in real time. If not, I'll respond to them later. Uh, you can log on to the Facebook business page of Sports Grind Entertainment, LLC, or you can go to my personal page of Facebook and you can leave comments there. And like I said, I'll respond to them in real time or either later on also keep in mind too don't forget if you ever miss any of the shows live you can always go to sportsgrindonline.com where you can download the daily podcast all the time 24 7 7 days a week 1-800-707-9760 what's up mr clark ready rock and roll all right i would ask bartlett but i know we're having some difficulties with him not really respond but we'll try to work through that um but he is in the building um, okay, so it is Tuesday as we inch closer to week zero of college football. Just bad. I mean, it used to be they call this and they'd have like two games, three games. Now they've added like almost a whole half a slate of games besides the big dogs to week zero. But that's going to be tipping off or I should say kicking off. Uh, this weekend so we're right around the corner from that um, also we've got some other news obviously that's going on in the sports world today um, some of the bigger news um, this morning Kevin Durant NDA wise says hey I'm, you know Sean Marks released a statement say he met with Kevin and the owners yesterday and they decided to concentrate on basketball and Kevin saying he's staying at Brooklyn net shocking okay Four years left on the contract. And this is a big win for the NBA owners and the general managers out there. This is a big victory. And, um, and the reason why I say that is because for the most part, you know, guys on Kevin's stature, on his, on his level, when they said they wanted out of place, they usually get out sooner or later. We never really, I can't remember the last time we've had one of these that has just said, hey, man, sorry. You know, tried to fire the coach, tried to fire the GM, owner stood his ground, and he's staying. And like I said yesterday, I understand what Sean Marks is looking at. It was like, hey, run it back. We're going to run it back, man. We gave you everything when we traded for you. You, you approved Steve Nash, you and your buddy Kyrie Irving. Okay, your flat earther. So... You owe it to us. Oh, and by the way, you got four years left on your contract. And we've tried to go ahead and trade you, but 
we we want a certain amount. No one's budging. So what do you want to do? And Kevin's like, all right, exactly. You know, so we'll see how that plays out. I, I mean, this is I mean, I would say this is a very important season for the Brooklyn Nets because I think at this time next year, if they haven't, you know, if they weren't successful and it was another sweep in the playoffs or early exit, then I think you would have mutual parties on both sides figuring like, all right, man, this didn't work. Let's get some value for him while we can. And again, unfortunately, we got to start over. So not saying that's going to happen, but, you know, after four weeks, five weeks into staying and nothing transpiring, I felt that he was going to pretty much have to stay put anyway. So you've got that going on NBA-wise. WNBA, their playoffs were soon back tonight. Chicago Skies in New York, they're going to try to extend their season and win the series, but their season's on the line. They're the defending champs. So that game is tonight for those that are paying attention to that. Also, uh, we've got um, other things going on. College football, like I said, it's it's a few days before week zero. But the big news out today is Nick Saban got another contract extension, okay, that makes him the highest-paid coach in college, I think the tune of it was like $93 million and some change. Um, I haven't dived all the way in it, but I know this is probably going to take him to the age of like 79, almost 80, if he um, continues it. Um, rightfully so. I still say he's underpaid. I'm always going to say Nick is underpaid because of the money that he generates for the University of Alabama. And also, I just think this is one of those, we're, we're familiar with this way back in the day. Old Big 5-0. David Robinson had some contract language similar, like, hey, man, you can do what you want, but I got to be amongst one of the five top paid players in the NBA. You know, toward the end of his career, toward, I really say, really toward the last six years, seven years of his career. Okay. Well, really, hold on, let me take that back. It was really more on his early part of his career, like his first couple, like by his second contract or show. So, I mean, by the end of his career, he was doing the same thing everybody else done. Tim, I know, hey, we'll take less. We'll take less. They got spoiled to that. And they're having a hard time adjusting, getting to, the, uh, to this new uh, mindset of the new athlete, in my opinion, as well. But uh, props to Nick. Like I said, the thing that stands out to me, um, down there puts him in Joe Pot territory, even though it ain't going to be no scandal like Joe Pot, but it puts him up there bowing. But, you know, look at Nick. Nick's in good shape. You know what I'm saying? Terry, I mean, Terry, his wife, wins the Wife of Year Award every year, hands down, in sports. I know that you have a lot of supporting wives on the professional level, college level that support and, you know, that support their husbands, whether they're players, coaches or whatever, GMs. But ain't nobody messing with Terry when it comes to that. Think about that. You know, and they've been together for a long time. Empty nesters. And Nick said, no, man, didn't did he tell you with bad boy back in the 90s? We ain't going to stop. Sucks for the other coaches in the other programs, but 93 mil from a guy, Nick. He deserves to be the highest paid coach in college. Like, I know, because that's just easy. That's why he didn't even French when Brian Kelly got his contract. Like, oh, that's good. That's all right. Jimmy Sexton will take care of it because it's already in there. So, roll tide. Shout out to Nick, the GOAT. Also, college news. For the masses that really care more than Alabama news, but unfortunately, that's just what you get here on two to four on this show. 
let's look at Austin and Sark. Sark met the media yesterday. Um, and he said a lot. But the thing that stood out to me when he came and used words of, hey, we got a young quarterback. Because he was asking how the Ewers win the job and what was the decision. Hey, we've got a young quarterback. But you know what? we got a young team as well, too. The key's going to be patience. We got to be patient. Damn that, Sark. I ain't trying to hear that. <laughs> okay. I'm not, I'm not. As long as I'm on the airwaves and the state capitol in Austin, however long that lasts for, I ain't let this foolishness and this false propaganda and this rhetoric. I'm so tired. We heard that word in the last six, eight years so much. And Paula, this rhetoric. I'm not going to let this rhetoric come out of Austin. Oh, we got a young. No excuses, man. I don't want to hear that. There's Texas wants to be considered a big program. Okay. They print money down in Texas. They say it's either here in the Vatican with the Catholics. One or two, the most money hot in this country is in no two places. There's expectations. I don't want to hear nothing about no young team. Young, there's a lot of young teams. Kirby had a young team one time in Georgia. Nick has won with young teams. Hell, this team that's young, why they're so high on them, the AP and everybody else, because this young team with a bunch of freshmen and sophomores, they, they went to the national championship game. And lost to one of the best defensive fronts maybe in college history. Minus Alabama's best receiver that got hurt in the first half. But at the end of the day, nah, Sark, you ain't flying on my watch. Uh, don't be coming up there trying to. And what's crazy about it, USA Today, I told you they agree with me on Scott Frost. Scott Frost in Nebraska is on the hot seat. And that's family. He played quarterback in the Corn Husker region. That's family, and he's feeling the heat. USA Today put Sark on the hot seat. I disagree with that. I don't believe he's on the hot seat this year. The, winning the recruitment war of Archie Manning bought him minimum another two years. I'll tell you this right now. I will probably promise you. I'm not going to guarantee, but I promise you. He does not get fired before Archie Manning shows up on campus. So I disagree with USA Today on that. But the point I'm bringing it up, it's out there. And there's some people that might agree with that. I don't think so. I agree with Scott Frost, not Sark. But I don't disagree with that rhetoric coming out of that press conference yesterday about be patient. We got to get no, man. No, 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 no. You got to go with freshmen, sophomore. They got to win games. They got to win games. OK. Also. Switching gears, baseball continues to roll on. I know we've been spotty on here, baseball here and there, trying to fit everything in. Um, I didn't really get a chance to touch on it yesterday, but oh, Aaron Boone, okay? Aaron Boone, I think it was Saturday, Friday, they lost another one. And they've been flaming since the All-Star break. I've been talking about it. Bangs on the table. Well, <clears throat> I'm tired of asking this. It's right here. We got the time. We got to do it. It's just right there. <coughs> Excuse me. Banged on the table. Is that enough to get it going? They win game one of the Subway Series. <coughs> Excuse me. Man, swallowed down the wrong pot. Pause. But is that enough to get them going? <clears throat> we'll see. They beat Mad Max yesterday. <coughs> Damn. They beat Mad Max yesterday. But... I will tell you this, speaking of hot seats, he's another one. 
They don't win the World Series, Boone's gone. And that's family. Arguably hit one of the biggest home runs in Yankees history. He's had enough time. I think Cashman survives. I don't think Cashman's gone. He, he could be on the bubble, but Cashman survives. They don't win the World Series, which I don't think that's happening. Boone's got to go. He's probably stayed two years longer than I thought he should, but again, he's family. Hit one of the biggest home runs in postseason history for the Yankees. Unexpected, too. Nobody expected Boone to walk up there and hit that home run. But you see his reaction in the press conference. It shows you the pressure is getting on to him. Speaking of baseball, the defending champs, we forgot about them. They've gotten hot. Speaking of the Braves, you know, they've actually acquired three young new players uh, via some of these moves and trades that could maybe help them even better. We remember the, the trades they made at the deadline last year that changed and shifted. They rode that momentum all the way to the World Series championship. Other baseball note to watch out for, Albert Pujols and got, let me tell you, he didn't got hot after the All-Star break with home runs. Okay, you know, a lot of Albert Pujols diehards out there that has followed his career, whether you were Redbird, the Cardinals or his time, whatever, with the Angels, which they're in the news today, too. We'll talk about that. Um, Really thought 700 was out of reach. You know, just a couple years ago, what I mean, Albert, if he hit a single, I mean, the it would take forever to see him round first base. You be waiting for the guy. That's how old and slow Albert was moving. Everybody thinks the contract with the Angels was a disaster. Okay. But if you look at it, I think he's got like six home runs like in the last like 10 games or something. But Albert said, hey, I'm still retiring. It's not going to change anything. And I'm like thinking of that. I'm like, if you land or you finish with six, 97. 98 are you really able to walk away and be stuck at that number but he's gotten hot you know i think right now if i'm not mistaken he's like at what 690 692 three somewhere around there with his latest barrage you know a lot of people in baseball there's been a myth that if you participate in the home 693 by the way 693 that was around there so he's at 693 okay not that many games left you know, Cardinals are competing uh, for a spot. They probably will be in the postseason. But if you really look at it, there's been a, a narrative out there. And it's not just been the media. It's been some ex-ball players and players. They say, hey, you know what, man? I don't, I don't participate in the home run derby because it throws me off. I go in slumps the second half. I've always, I mean, I can't speak on that because I've never – you know, ball league player, but I'm like, you know, I've heard people say, oh, that's hogwash. Well, it helped Albert because Albert was on a farewell and they just said, hey, man, let the old man in, you know, let him get in the home run derby. It helped him because he didn't got hotter than fish grease after the break. So pay attention to that, man. That's history there. I mean, at 693, could possibly do it. Like I said, St. Louis should be in the postseason. So you got that going on. Also, speaking of baseball, it seems like a late, in the last five years or so, six years, we can't have a Little League World Series without some controversy of whatever kind. Whether it's somebody's age being questioned, you know, whether it's, you know, I don't know. It's always something that's happening at Little League World Series. And this year, the race factor has come into play in Little League baseball. And, you know, I was watching the Boston Red Sox 
Sunday night in their game because, you know, this was a situation where these little league kids are in the, you know, Williamsport. They, you know, baseball has spent like $8, $10 million getting this field ready for pros to come. You know, this is something they've been doing for the last four or five years or so, at least as I can remember having the bigs come and support and then the little league teams that are making it to the World Series, they get to hang out and watch the games and stuff. Um, well, I was watching this game in real time. And the cameras, like they usually do coming in and out of breaks or him coming in out of innings and stuff, pans over to the camera and pans over to this group of kids sitting in the stands watching the game. And you have a group of players around with their teammate in the middle, African-American kid. And I guess they were handing out some type of stuffed animals or something like that, stuffed toys, whatever it may be. They, it busted. They broke it. Somebody broke it. And it was filled with cotton, and they started putting cotton balls on top of the, you know, little black kid's head. And they're all sitting around. Now, I'm watching this in real time. And the first thing that comes to my mind is like, wow, they're picking on the little black kid. Like, wow, that's funny, but whatever. Didn't think anything of it. Then all of a sudden, I'm hearing yesterday, and then yesterday after, probably after I got off the show, yesterday evening, I'm seeing, going through my phone, I'm thinking, I'm coming across TMZ Sports. And TMZ's covering. They're saying, "Hey, the coach and the, uh, you know, the, the 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 staff of this team." And I think they're from I- Iowa, right? Jonas is the team from Iowa. Yeah. Okay, team from Iowa. Release statement: There was no racial content involved, attention involved. Look, you know, and I, and and again, of course, this comes across my radar. I was like, "Wait, I was watching that. I didn't think that didn't cross my mind of that." Uh, after watching it, that this was all, this was just straight up, you know, racial stuff. Now, before I give my take on this, you told me, looking at this this team here, as we get ready to go to break, that they have one African-American player on this team, and you said one Puerto Rican, right? Uh, he's, he looks like he could be Latino or he could be mixed. The kid that's Latino. They have two minority players is, is the way to put that. Okay. Jonas, like, rest, I don't know what the hell of, he is. He ain't white. He mix, he mix something. I don't know, Calvin. I'm just playing with you, Jonas. The, the, point of the, the point of the factor is right now is it's a non. Is there, there are two non-white players on that team. So there's only he's the only black kid on the team. And then there's only one either Puerto Rican mixed or whatever. Another minority. Another minority. And you told me that the whole coach. Okay. All right. Well, we'll get into more of it when we get into uh, come back from the break. You listen to the Sports Grind presented by Dos Equis. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. We'll be back. Ready for a real cocktail? Introducing new Zing Zang ready to drink cocktails in a can. America's number one Bloody Mary mix with vodka. Zing Zang margaritas, tequila included, and whiskey sours with real Kentucky bourbon. Ready for no one to have to bartend. Real cocktails, real ingredients, really good. New Zing Zang full strength canned cocktails. Legendary taste, legendary day. Always ready. Go to zingzang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. 
Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to ChooseTiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Listen up, San Antonio and Austin. Let me tell you about Stoli Vodka, our new partner. Handcrafted in Latvia, the award-winning Stoli Vodka has held the bar high for quality, combining innovation with century-old traditions to create something both refreshingly modern and exceptionally classic. Uncompromising spirit is the kind of belief that turns players into icons. 100% grain-to-glass Stoli Vodka's starting lineup includes the iconic premium cucumber, vanilla, raspberry, and blueberry. If you want to learn more, visit Stoli.com. Stoli Vodka, official sponsor. Sponsor of the sports grind. All right, back here on the sports grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, Bartlett spinning the one and twos. This next segment is going to be sponsored by uh, Zing Zang. Zing Zang's up. Zing Zang. Make sure you try out their pre made alcoholic drinks. Okay, or you can just stick to your favorite alcohol and just stick to the original mix. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 1-800-707-9760. All right, so um, just replying to some early Facebook uh, live comments we have coming in. Gerald Glenn is checking in. He says, Cornhuskers have a great football pass, but reality is they've never of got back to what they were years ago of course Gerald that's the obvious but there's even with Nebraska it comes to a time that it's it's expectations still I mean especially they play in the Big Ten we see all this TV money being held we saw the contract that the Big Ten signed we saw the competition the 80s and the athletic director I mean Scott Frost ain't making chump change okay we're not calling for the black shirts return they need to be competitive the quarterback situation has been a debacle I mean, he coming from Central Florida, he had very high expectations. So, I, I mean, I understand that he hasn't been what they were years ago, but that doesn't mean that, you know, they can't be doing a better job and he can't be held accountable to have a winning season in the Big Ten. This is a big business in college football. This is no longer just about graduating kids. It's not. I know that doesn't sound right, but that's the reality of it. If it is, I mean, go check out what Scott Frost's buyout is. I guarantee you it's probably a big buyout. I don't know how many years he's got left of the original contract he signed. He hadn't been there that long yet, but it's been pretty bad. I mean, Pat Fitzgerald, head coach of Northwestern. Hell, man, they didn't call light in the bottle every once in a while, and that's Northwestern. And their biggest claim to fame of the last 10 years is that's the college Mike Greenberg uh, Greeny, uh, graduated from. They ain't no Nebraska. They ain't no excuses. That's why I'm not letting Sark come up to the, the podium yesterday and talk about, we've got his patience. we got a young quarter, young team. Stop it. Stop it. The landscape has changed. Also, Frank Valdez is checking in. Shirts fire. Need some beanies and hoodies. Thank you. 
Yeah, this is an old throwback sports ground shirt. I've thought about it. I've thought about putting some new ones in uh, rotation as we've gone through, you know, logo change and stuff like that. But decided to get the vintage one out there for you. But thanks, Frank, on that. Um, but anyway, back to my point before we went to break about the Little League before we move on from that. Um, look, we've always had a policy on this show. And I've always lived by it as well, too being an African-American um, sports radio talk host that has somewhat of a platform that has grown here in the last six, eight months. I believe that it's certain things that I've always said this and we've said on the show, like this is one that I'm not, I'm not putting my race card and doubling down on this one for. Okay. I feel that us that's in this position in a way because i've read some of the comments you know and all this like unless i hear it from the kid or we hear from the parent that saying this kid was traumatized or we felt that he was being racially targeted i'm not going to go by people that are out on twitter and other people that have platforms that sit here and try to look at this and say all oh, that. And, and this is the reason why I say this is because I believe there are really severely racial problems in this country that we need to focus on and call out when we see it. Other than that, I've, I've played, I grew up, I've said this, we just talked about this a lot over the last week with the Tlaib situation, which we've got to update on that too, about I've played youth sports. I've played sports where there was only two or three of us that looked like me along with Hispanics and Puerto Ricans playing against all white teams and all that. i grew up with that. So I understand what that is, but I also understand what a little league team is about. It's a lot about poking fun or, Hey, we're going to do this, this and that. I guarantee you if they were putting bubble gum on his head or they were putting cups on their head, this wouldn't have got traction of being like, Oh, look at this racial. This is racist. I mean, I got a lot of respect for joy Taylor. Um, I, I haven't read, I mean, you know, Jones brought to my attention. I guess she was totally offended and went off by this. And that's why I feel people in the seat, you've got to really be careful and regardless when you just go out a guns a blazing and really look at it like, man, is this really, or is it just looks like that to me? When you look, these little league kids, first of all, we give more exposure than ever. I've kind of had a little bit of problem with that. We ESPN has been putting their games on forever. It's even gotten more now that you're integrating majors with Little League. And these guys, these kids look at these big league players. When big league players are out in the dugout or they're the, the bullpen that's out there, they ain't played in a few days and they're bored as hell sitting through a long nine-inning game. They'll start there. They'll start, you know, putting bubble gum, mountains on a hat. They start playing, you know, uh, can you get this many sunflower seeds in the cup? And these kids look at this. Now, from the optics of it, maybe, but I'm thinking, is it really an outrage to where that staff and everything has to come out? Like I said, now, if I hear from the parents of this kid or hear from this kid that they were offended, then that, that's one thing. But me, usually things, I'll jump out real quick, be like, oh, I don't like that. That's hitting racism there in real time. I saw it in real time. I didn't really think nothing of it. I was just like, wow, picking on the black kid. But I didn't think like, oh, that's just racist. That's, a, that's just what it is. You know, but that social media era, that's what we're in. I mean, we're in the clip. I mean, like I said, we're coming. We're, we're just now entering out the slow months of this industry in the sports world. 
It's about to pick up with the NFL starting here in a couple weeks. College is getting going this week. And up in any little thing like this that catches news, in my opinion, some people use it just to go ahead and get views, get clicks. But we'll see. We'll wait to hear from a response for them and see how that goes. But it's always controversy of some sort regards to the Little League World Series. Also, what else? So NFL, we'll jump right into the National Football League. Uh, last night, we put a, a cap on week two of the preseason, which saw Mariota, which is probably going to be the starter for the Atlanta Falcons in their first unit, along with their second-year tight end, Kyle Pitts, have no problem with moving the ball up and down the field for mostly of what the Jets' first team defense. I don't think all starters was out there. Uh, but Mariota has looked pretty decent for the last few weeks. Uh, did we all take the under on Atlanta? Because I know I've been on here talking about how bad this team was going to be. And you got to take it with a grain of salt because, again, the Jets, I mean, you know, Mariota's playing against maybe some second or third string. But if you look at really their head coach, it's really trying to change the culture over there to really become a more physical team. Um, but I'm hearing offensive-minded. He's really got some things in the book that might make them a little bit more competitive than the experts think going into the 2022 season. What you got, Jonas? We all did take, uh, you, Bartlett, and myself, uh, the Falcons under four and a half. Yeah, that's a low number. Uh, but you wonder if, you know, I will tell you this, Mariota looks like he's in a more comfortable place with himself. He spent the last two years backing up Derek Carr in Las Vegas, Oakland, then Las Vegas. Well, really Las Vegas the last two years because they've been there for two years now playing games. Um, and you look at him a different demeanor even when he comes to the podium. You know, he looks more comfortable. I mean, I, it looks like he was miserable, whatever the hell he went through with Tennessee. You know, in the whole Ryan. T and it took him a while to come over that. Now, keep in mind, this was the number two overall pick. Not that long ago. Him and Jameis, one and two. So, we'll see what he can do. But, you know, their backup, the kid from Cincinnati, okay, he, I mean, he's looked prom. I mean, he's going to be the future, I think. You know, we never did also touch on, speaking of young quarterbacks, oh, man, a man at Carolina, bad luck. Kid from Ole Miss. Um, what's Coral. Oh, yeah. Matt, Matt Corral. Yeah. Coral. Yeah. You know, uh, he's got a foot problem that's going to keep him out a whole year. That really set, that's going to set him back. I mean, I don't think he was ever in the discussion. It was either going to come down to Baker Mayfield, which they announced yesterday he'll be a starter, and Sam Darnold. But you lose a year where you're really going to be rehabbing. And when you rehab in the NFL, you really don't feel a part of the team. You're isolated. You can be a superstar, the best player on the team, or a rookie. When you've got to go rehab a serious injury and you're out there with the trainers and you're not practicing, you really get forgot about. Real talk. So we'll see how that plans out. But they look good last night. The Jets didn't go with um, Flacco. He's, he, he got to sit because I really think they're going to have to take their time with Zach Wilson. Um, you know, I really anticipate him maybe being back maybe by week five. I think they're at least going to hold him out a month. Um, I think that's the smartest thing to do. You know, the other thing about that game that stood out is like, damn. I mean, they gave us the second team. It wasn't even Joe Buck and, and Troy. I'm like, man, y'all get that much money that y'all got to leave Fox? Yeah, y'all's asses should have to sit through that. And week two preseason, we should be able to see your face. You know, they got Arlovsky in there. You know, um, 
Levy. Yeah, Levy and Levy yesterday. Lewis, I'm like Levy. Lewis Riddick. I like Lewis Riddick. Lewis would be good in the booth with anybody. But yeah, Levy. Oh well, they, I mean they call a rough in the passer because the the Jets player goes at the legs of the foul. No, I think it was vice versa. The Falcons defensive player goes at the legs of the quarterback. And they call around, and Levy's sitting there like, well, I thought I'd heard that they wasn't going to really try to call that this year. I'm like, Levy, where the hell you hear that from? You know, stick to hockey, man. Stick to that ice. That's the thing that's keeping your ass around the Bristol. They done laid everybody else. Your ass is surviving because you, you and Melrose only two that can cover hockey over there. Okay? Like, I'm like, man, Troy, they get a lot of money, and they get to sit out this preseason game. They, they get to sit. They, oh, hey, go ahead, man. You know, get in the Tom Brady tree. Speaking of Tom Brady, report says that he had the best practice of being a buck yesterday showing up. I'm like, yeah, it sounds good. Here we go. You know, now he's denied. And I think he sent a tweet out here. He's denied that he was at the taping of the mass Singer. Because you have to. Of course. But the truth of it is, was he? I mean, I want to know who broke that and are they sticking sticking by it? Because if he really was, because you told me that in real time yesterday during the show, I thought it was really just about this scheduled vacation trip that he had with uh, his wife, Giselle, um, that he had it planned before he decided to come back. He had to go ahead and, you know, decide to stick with that to keep Giselle happy. And I had a problem with it, but I told you yesterday, I'd have even more problem with it. If it damn sure is for the mass singer. Okay. Somebody get Nick Cannon. Is Nick still the host of that? Somebody need to get to Nick Cannon and see see if that's true. I didn't watch that show, but every time I channel surf, I come around and Nick getting another check. Nick's a hustler, man. Cannon's a hustler. He's got checks coming from all over the place. Still, they've canceled a lot of stuff on MTV too. They still ain't canceled that while and out. But yeah, we'll, we'll get it. The truth always comes out. We'll find out if he really went away from mass singing for the for the taping of that or not. To miss eight, what was it, seven days, eight days? He missed the camp, probably. Yeah, just oh. over a week. Yeah. Okay. Now Daryl Legion's checking in with me on Facebook. He actually sent me this message. He said, "Cal." You know damn well, if you were married to a supermodel and had a prior vacation arrangements, your ass would be on vacation as well. Daryl, <laughs> let me tell you something. You're wrong on that. Because if I was Tom Brady and had that, as I said, I said Giselle's had her own career. But you're wrong on that. Because this is the thing. When you, and it's nothing about being the man in the relationship we got to do. But the thing is, when you handle business, and you really can handle business when the lights go out, you get a little bit more leeway. It's be like, what? Like, you know, I came back to try to get this ring. Like, we're going to have all the time to tour the world. Go to Sandro, pay, but I, baby, I got to get back. All right, not like, oh, okay. So you're wrong, Daryl. Not me. I'm not cut from that cloth. And let alone, I got about half a billion in the bank. Be like, what? Come on. You like the way you live? But Giselle got her own money. You got more money than Tom. But I'm not folding just like that. Not if it's business. Not of his business. No. 1-800-707-976. But I, that's re best practice since he's been a buck. Two starting offensive linemen down. Goodwin taking slow, probably not even uh, participating. I don't know. I think that's just one of those like, hey, let everybody know there's nothing to see here. 
If his ass come out ducking and chucking, there's going to be something to see. All right? Because Aaron Rodgers is trying to do it behind closed doors, and after one preseason game that he didn't even play, like, hey, our receivers need to step up. These young guys need to know they need to be available. Tom's the type that's going to cuss you out and drop about four F-bombs on national television if you don't get it right. There's a lot of they, – they, they're off to a rocky start, the Bucks, just because of the distractions of everything kind of going. New coaching changes. Well, even, I understand Todd Bowles was on the staff. You know what I'm saying? But if this – and I know it sounds like a broken record, but if this was any other quarterback – or any other, you know, any other situation, they would be getting killed for this. They'd be getting killed for it. 1-800-707-9760. Also in the NFL world as well, too, uh, Washington Commanders, you know, this is the time that you start looking at pup list and who's there. Well, old Mr. Trey, all right, um, he's going to start on the pup list. Um, look, and I, and I think they have it. He's going to miss at least the first four weeks of the season. Okay. Um, I understand he won. I, I believe he won defensive rookie of the year his rookie year. Okay. For Washington. But since that rookie year, it's been kind of, eh, mm, you know, I just feel the hype that this guy had coming out of Ohio State. And I, we've always had a policy on this show. You can't help the club from the tub. I'm not going to bring out the B word for him just yet. That Jonas basically floated and stampede right in the forehead of, uh, uh, you know, Barkley running back in the New York Giants. But for, uh, the problem I've had with him, he, somebody needs it. I mean, I know. Ron Rivera fired their defensive line coach like after the second day of training camp. Somebody needs to te uh, teach him not to run past the quarterback when he gets in the backfield. His technique is not that good. He's got raw talent technique, but starting on the pup list. And we talked about it. Ron Rivera is one of those coaches that are on the hot seat. I understand he's probably got one of the worst owners in professional sports. A dysfunctional front office. Before he got there, and they tried to improve it while he's there. So you might think that's unfair, but the reality of it is Ron Revere is probably on the hot seat as well. But that's not your one of your best defensive players starting on the pup list that missed a lot of games due to injury last year is not a way that you want to start out with a division. Speaking of the NFC East, that is kind of almost up for grabs based on the fact of the uncertainties of the Dallas Cowboys. And their changes and their coach being under pressure. A lot of people are high on the Eagles. We haven't got to their total yet. Um, speaking of the over-unders, who's up today? We got to get to that as well. Who did I have on the docket today for the over-unders? Um, we've got the Cleveland Browns is one of we've got get Cleveland. Also, we have who else we got? Who else we had on there, Jones? Houston and Indianapolis. So the Colts. The Browns and the Texans. And the Texans. We got to get to those over and unders before we get out of here in the second hour as well. Uh, but not a good look for Washington. And there's, and like I said, there's a lot of people high on Philly. One of the things I want to get to when we come back from break, speaking of that division and speaking of the Cowboys, is Diggs, the cornerback. 
top 100 started this past weekend. That's something that's judged by your peers. We talked about it the other day. I'm not, I've kind of lost faith in this list over the years because there's been some screwy things that they've done. And you wonder if they're taking a page from the coaches poll during the season. They have to fill out something that they're on the West Coast knowing damn well. East Coast, they ain't watching all these West Coast games. They're just filling out something. I've got to talk about Diggs, where he ranked amongst his peers. Um, coming off a season with seven INTs. Or were there 11 or seven? I can't, I can't remember if there were seven or 11 picks that he got. Um, but we can check on that. But I want to talk about that when we get back as well. Mike Tomlin has spoken as well. He met with the media. I've been talking about this quarterback competition, which I think they've had the best quarterback competition in camp out of all teams is Pittsburgh. Between Pickett, the rookie, uh, Rudolph has even played. I never factored Rudolph in this, I, even though he's played decent his time, his spare time he's got in the preseason. But also Trubisky. I want to talk about what Mike Tomlin said when we get back as well, too. We've got some other things to discuss. We'll get to those over under as well uh, when we get back. Uh, you've got the U.S. Open that's going to be starting here in the next week as well, too. Another one that's kind of flying of the, under the radar is Djokovic's situation. It don't look like he's going to be able to play because that whole vaccination situation is his thing. That's a story that I think that you'll start hearing up more up when we get back but when we get back we'll get into i want to talk about that digs we'll get back and talk about that you listen to the sports grind presented by dosecchi's broadcasting here from the hazel sky online studios we'll be back